Hello and welcome back to Mind of Success. I'm your host, Moni Millares, a Mexican-British living in Asia. I work in fintech and build digital banks from scratch. In my years in the industry, I've realized most of us are in a vulnerable financial position. However, building a business can be a catalyst for change. So I created this podcast. It's about business stories we do not talk about. I chat with entrepreneurs, CEOs, and experts about their journeys, struggles, and lessons to extract gems of wisdom and practical tools so that we can thrive and create the impact we want. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a very special episode. So this is the first episode out of many in this topic. And the topic is blockchain, crypto, NFTs, Web 3.0, and all of that. So if you are like a little bit kind of a, oh, yes, money, but I don't understand, that's exactly why we're having these conversations today, because the truth is I don't understand either. And I am in the journey of learning and studying and educating myself. And I thought that as I was educating myself, I could use this platform that, I'm, that I've created, like the podcast, and use the platform to help educate all of us because it is complex. It is new terminology that it's very confusing too. So this is the very first episode and how it started is basically I went for dinner with my friend, uh, Victor, that will, I'll introduce him to you in a second. And he's, he's like so immersed in this world. And as we were talking, I was like so confused, <laughs> like so confused. So I thought I was like, this is like amazing. Let's just do an episode together and then let's take it from there. So without further ado, I'll introduce you. So today we have Victor Tay. He is, hello. Uh, hello. Uh, hi, Victor. So Victor is a crypto community builder. He has, a, he has a channel in Discord. That's a topic on its own. Like I get confused on, on Discord too. But anyways, he's a crypto community builder. He's a blockchain advocate, and he is involved in initiatives that are like crypto education initiatives as such. So it is Absolutely. perfect to have you as it's like my honor to have you as the first guest in all of this series. So Victor, welcome Thank to the you. show. Thank you so much, Bonnie, for the warm welcome. Uh, I'm really, really happy to meet you and your audience. Uh, and to be on your podcast, I've, I think I, I don't usually appear on podcasts, so it's quite a rare occasion for me. But I really enjoy talking to my friends, yourself included, and uh, especially about the topic of, you know, crypto. And and for people who are learning, I think it's an amazing journey that you can only take once in your life. And like I took that journey, and it totally changed like how I see the world. And I feel like having being part of that journey for someone else. Is so special and just like being doing the work that I do, it just makes me feel so satisfied. Thank you. And we really appreciate it because it is true, like the great majority of us don't understand it. <laughs> so we really appreciate people like you that have gone for the journey and then take the time to 
simplify it for us because you can tell me i've tried that it's like hey i'll just google it <laughs> there's so much in google that it's like confusing and i'm like i'll Absolutely. start with the definitions and i'm like oh it's still confusing so really really appreciate your time and sharing your wisdom here um Absolutely. so with that in mind you said a few seconds ago that this changed your worldview as such and that yes. is what i want to go into today but before we yeah. go into that like when we were chatting uh and i was saying something along the lines yeah it could be interesting to have an episode on current money versus digital money and then you kind of interrupted me and you were like no 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 in this world we call it web 2.0 and web 3.0 and i was like oh shoot i don't even know what's the difference <laughs> i've heard the terms as such but i don't know what's the difference can you expand what's your understanding of what is web 2.0 and what is web 3.0 i think that's a beautiful start yes exactly thank you and i i think that's a great place to start as well like uh you know a lot of people don't, don't know what's the distinction or maybe they think that you know web3 is like uh, a faster internet maybe it has like uh meshed wi-fi and things like that 5g and i, I have i'm going to tell you that it's it's not none of that it's nothing to do with the connection it's nothing to do with the hardware in fact most of what web 3.0 is is actually the same thing as the internet it's powered by the same thing you know computers around the world and the only difference is who owns the information on those networks so for example, in Web2, uh, you have companies like Google, you have companies like Facebook, Amazon, uh, eBay, PayPal, and these are all services. These are all things that we use every day and we enjoy. Sorry, Moni. Yes, it's like, I'll interrupt you. Probably I'll raise my hand. Yeah, For those who are listening, ahead. I'm like, I'm raising my hand. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> so basically when you say Web2, that makes reference to internet as we know it today, Yes. right? So yeah. Web2 is yeah. the world as we know it today, internet as we know it today, money as we know it today. Yes. So okay. it's quite funny that Web1 is actually when we had, you know, web browsers and like websites to go to, to read information. But back then it acted just like a phone book. You go in and then you open the page and you consume the information and that's it. And Web2 is, was about bringing the user into the picture and so that you can post up your messages, you have your blogs, you have your message boards, you have you know things that are generated by the user, user-generated content, and that's what makes Web2. But what we've seen is that when you have all this user-generated content and you give it to all these very like large companies, suddenly they start to turn that into something that's very creepy. It starts to track all your like information. It starts to track the things that you do online and tries to sell you products and services. And we, I mean, it's not denying that it's a huge industry, which is why like people are doing it, companies are doing it on a huge scale. But you know, how do we flip that and bring that like democratization of information back to the people who actually originate from? And then that would be the start of what we call Web3. So, sorry, I'm a bit confused still. So what yeah. is Web3? Web3 is basically like saying, okay, we have all these services that make Web2 great. You know, I, I love connecting with my friends, for example, on uh, Instagram or WhatsApp. But what I don't love is like the fact that I could be talking to my friend about a dentist appointment 
on WhatsApp and then I open up my Google yes. and then I get an ad for dentist yes. near me or some braces or something like that. And so I think Web3 is about how do we provide these services without that conflict of interest of a central company who wants to provide it for free, but takes your data as payment. And so we built a network of financial services or like monetary tokenization, which is separate from the data economy. Okay. Let's stop there. And then let's say this is your understanding of Web3 and your explanation rather than this is the official explanation for everyone listening. It's just like a perception and an opinion. Uh, so that's, I guess like that was my basic question. But then what got me like basically very curious about your mind and your mindset and your story was when you said, hey, moving from basically the current uh, status, current type of money into digital and exploring blockchain and all this new world. Basically, you explained it to me like the other day, like even like life changing and it, it was like a big mindset change. So that's what I want to understand because like we can go into the theory and this and the other, but I want to understand what was your mindset change. I think there's like so much to talk about, uh, but um, the most primary one, I guess, is that uh, there's only one kind of money and that is the one that we see in our banks. And uh, it sort of gives us the mindset that we have to follow what has been given and just expect things to be the way they, that it is. For example, uh, you know, we put our savings in the bank and we get 0.01% a year or sometimes even less, you know, and, and you get, uh, you know, that the same funds that you deposit in the bank are being lent out at five to 7% a year. But how is that, uh, how is that fair in any way, shape or form, right? I guess uh, it's the way that I saw it, oh, but only after Web3, because before that, there was no alternative. There was no other possibility. That's how it works. It was, That's how the financial system how it works. works. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I hadn't even considered like, how is that? Why is that unfair? I'm like, well, that's how it works. Exactly. And that's how people grow up. I think a lot of banks also talk about like generational customers, which is like, you know, you have your, 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 your father started an account at this bank. And when you're a child, they open a savings account for you there. And so when you grow up, you expect to continue to have your, your home branch there. And no, people don't bother to change it, you know, for generations. And uh, this is exactly why like people have, have gotten used to the way interest rates are, but they would be surprised to know, for example, the rate for fixed deposits back in 1990s was in the double digits. A lot of people wouldn't know that. Yeah, in Malaysia, at some point, banks were advertising double digits in interest rates for FDs. And now it is, it is great if you already see like 3% or even like 2%. And so I think people have gotten used to the way that things are and they have stopped questioning it. But having Web3 as an option, uh, it gives us something like an open market, for example, of borrowers and lenders. And then suddenly, instead of getting like a 0.01% interest rate, you're getting a 3, 4, 5% interest rate just on lending it alone. And all this lending is only possible through smart contracts, which are basically code that lets people run transactions without having to trust the other party. Okay, let me stop you there. So basically you're yep. saying that you had a change of mindset because you started challenging 
the how you started thinking about the financial services industry as such and then you were yep. like hey when i keep my money in a traditional bank i get very low returns however there is this digital money that it's basically cryptocurrencies uh, and correct me if i'm wrong uh for understanding yep. incorrectly and then when you basically what you're saying is that you discovered that when you bought cryptocurrencies you were also able to grow your money via instruments offered yep. by these institutions and Absolutely. then you were like oh i can grow my money faster and that's what got you exactly i think uh I, I mean, I'm 26 years old. That's I'm what sure I was going to ask. I was like, are you Gen Set or are you a millennial? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I don't know which I fall into. I think it's millennial. But to be millennial. honest, I don't know. Okay. I don't know where I fall out, like classification wise. But like a lot of 26 year olds will relate to this, right? You got your first job out of uni at like maybe 24, 23, maybe earlier for some. Personally, I started working at 16. So uh, I just when I got anything that was available. And like uh, at some point when you're thinking about like, when do I buy a house? When do I get a car? When can I live the life that I'm supposed to live or the life that I want to live? When do I feel stable? When do I feel that I'm doing enough? And uh, I think the moment you enter the workforce, you have a lot of expectations about like, oh, I work a few years and I'm sort of already getting close to my goal or making progress. But when your first paycheck arrives, reality hits you and you realize that it's going to take at least a decade to even get to the point where you are making a dent in your retirement plan or whatever it is. And then it starts to seem very unrealistic that you're going to somehow save enough every month to realistically have a retirement plan. But of course, this is not a discouragement to those people who do save and who do work on their budgets. I think that's very important. Even myself, even though I'm working in crypto and everything and talking about how like you can get higher returns and things like that. I still had a habit of saving and tracking all my expenses since even uh, before high school. And that habit is what uh, made me a, a more, I think, financially conservative person. And uh, by applying that even to blockchain, uh, you can get far better. You can get much further than just coming in and then expecting to make a lot of money. That's such a good point because I think that's that's I have two concerns when it comes to blockchain yeah. and this world. One is some people who are not getting educated in this technology. I feel that currently there's a word that it's the digital divide, right? But then this digital divide, I think we will have like the current digital divide and then the the new digital divide. Oh, I just lost you for a second here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Then we will have the new digital divide that is, hey, people who do not learn about the new technologies. And then it's just like different mm. languages. So we will, we will have that gap. So that's one. But then the other concern that I have is people who are very keen to jump into blockchain and crypto without understanding it. They just mm. go because they hear someone like you or someone like an influencer or, you know, like they just Google it or YouTube it or Instagram it or TikTok it. And then they have, all, there are all these claims about how to make 
quote unquote, easy money or grow your money fast. But then that I find that concerning because then people go uneducated, they go into investing, but they don't have solid financial exactly. well-being habits before entering into this exactly. new type of investment. Yeah. In my eyes, it's just like a new invest, a new asset class as such. Yes, yes. And I would say this, right, uh, Oni, is that like blockchain is not a portal. It's not a magic portal. And it's not uh, a place that will trend, will change you into a better person. In fact, it has every chance to do the opposite. Uh, and most of the time, uh, you are who you are before you enter the blockchain. And when you enter, it will just make you more of what that is. And so if yes. you're someone who's conservative, you may be able to apply that mindset in blockchain after you understand it, which will take some time but after you understand it to actually thrive and prosper. But if you're someone with, you know, uh, a, a bad history of just like uh, spending recklessly or like gambling, it will be even worse. So blockchain is not a magic portal. It's an accelerator. Okay. I like a few words that you said that blockchain is an accelerator, not a magic portal. That is beautiful. And we can touch that in a second. But what I like the most is that you are saying very upfront, actually, it can be damaging and it has downsides. Can you expand on that view? Because like yeah. I see I see it everywhere in social media and it's just like whoop, 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 it's amazing, amazing, you're missing out. But it's not like so openly talked about, like, hey, what are the like things that yes. you need to look after? Exactly. I, I don't know what's the the appetite of your audience, but I can share some personal experiences for yes. loss. Yes. Okay. So my my biggest my my lowest moment, I would say, uh, one of many <laughs> in blockchain was the day that I lost uh, what would have been a year's salary. What? In one night. What? Yes, I lost about thirty six thousand overnight in a matter of hours. I went to sleep and I woke up and it was zero. Oh my god! Yes. So it was devastating. And I, I, you know, I had, I knew I had two choices. One, get out of blockchain forever. Two, figure out what I did wrong and be better at it. Yes. And when I say be better, I don't mean to say, oh, uh, be better at guessing or like get better luck or better fortune and things like that. I don't believe in that. I believe that, you know, just as fighter pilots, for every half an hour that they fly, they spend six hours debriefing. So I wanted to do the same thing. Before I did anything further with blockchain, I had to sit down and take a few days and actually study and understand what I did wrong. And I did. And that was only like one week later than I got the confidence and the data to move back in and okay. to do it conservatively. So, well, you had a major loss. So Absolutely. a word of caution if you decide to invest in crypto, like just, this is like, I, I am not a financial advisor and this is just like my opinion, but it's what you find in social media as well. Like kind yep. of a, do not invest all your basket, all your money into crypto, but only invest, it's a risky investment. So only invest yep. that that you can afford to lose. 
So in your case, your risk tolerance was extremely high because you went and put that money into crypto knowing that, well, that there is some you context. Lose it. Okay. There is some context, which is that I made that money in the two months prior to that. So you made that money via investing in yeah. crypto and then yeah. you lost it investing yes. as well. Yes. So that exactly. sounds, it's like for people listening, so and this is, like, it, that sounds like gambling, exactly, <laughs> right? Exactly. And, and this is why, like I would say, a lot of crypto people have much higher risk tolerances than regular people, just because the multiples are far higher than anything that we've seen before. Like, I think you can win, you could win the jackpot in the casino, you know, uh, or you, you, hit, you make the right bet. But I don't think you would like uh, make money in the same way that some crypto people do. Uh, and and that's why like a lot of people just have the the, the mistaken uh, perspective as well that oh you know just because you're in crypto you make money you know there's no such thing you so, really really have to understand value and money and economics and things like that but I feel that there are also like uh, projects that are starting to become more user friendly that are a bit more serious where they don't actually there's a lot to talk about in terms of like uh, UI UX of like crypto websites, which I think can be another time. But yeah, I think there's a, a lot of differences. There are some that are just like purely from the UI UX, you know, it's a casino. And somewhere it's like, it's very boring. It's very serious. And you know that they're sort of doing something different. So coming back to you and your experience, yep. you, what mistakes did you make when you yep. lost this money looking back? Yeah. So number one, uh, I would say don't trade on your phone because you will be open to impulse trading. And that is oh. to say like you see something on your phone, someone tweets, oh, hey, this, this thing is going up or this thing is going down. And then you will quickly log in and then like start to do things like at the moment and then you will forget about life. At some point, you're just sitting there with like two, three devices and you're just watching all the markets at the same time. And then you forget that you're also a human being. Why are you trying to make this money? It's because you want to live a better life, right? So always keep that in perspective, you know. Uh, write down in terms of goals uh, what you actually want to achieve because we can always make more money. And when you're making money in crypto, the, 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 the temptation is always to go further. But you should always keep in mind, what am I actually trying to achieve? And if you achieve that, just get out. Just you never need to see yeah. crypto again. Yeah. And I'm not talking about trading either. Uh, in fact, like I think the biggest thing about crypto that's misunderstood is that you have to buy something to get in. But I, I made my first uh, six digits just by working, just by sweat. So, yes. Can you repeat that again? So like, like you said, it's like most of us, we understand that to get started into crypto, you need to open a wallet and then put fiat that it's the, the currency as we know it, let's say dollars or pounds or euros yeah. or Malaysian ringgit or Mexican pesos. Like you need to transfer those into the crypto wallet and then you yeah. need to buy a currency and that's how you get started. Yeah. But exactly. and basically you take your money, like your savings, and then you invest them into into this crypto. Yep. 
but then what you're saying is that you did it a different way and you kind of worked Absolutely. for it. And when you say worked for it, that doesn't mean you had a day job and then you worked for it and then invested it. You mean something different. Absolutely. What do you mean? So I, I don't know how much of your audience are gamers or like in part of online communities and things like that. But uh, when you're in, let's say, a, a gaming community, there's a lot of things that you do just kind of for free. You know, you make artwork, you you write content about the game strategies, how to beat the game, how to play this character and things like that. And, and people love that. And it's a it's, it's like a pretty huge industry by itself, but nobody pays these people to do it. They do it out of passion, out of the love for the game that they're playing. Oh, right? Okay. And, and, you know, you have, uh, you have a whole part of the internet that's dedicated to like fan, fan uh, what, what do you call it? Fan sites, just kind of like, you know, Maybe it's Korean boy bands. Maybe it's like uh, a certain fiction. Maybe it's Harry Potter fans, whatever. Like these take up a lot of the space in the internet and a lot of the time and attention of people because it's something that they just love doing and they will do it for free. Passion, exactly. And so uh, when I was going into crypto, uh, at first I was very cautious because I was just like, okay, this is all... To me, crypto is just like at the point of in time, it's like a lot of computers and just people behind the computers and everyone's like, you know, all the monitors and just doing trades at a high frequency. And then you can never be faster than those people. So you will always lose money. That, that was how I thought of it. But now? when I actually got in there and I started to to join these like discords, uh, discord is very important in crypto, but joining these discord communities and like talking to people and seeing what they do and asking a lot of questions, I started to realize that this is a lot closer to gaming communities. And I had been trading stocks before when I was in uh, when 2017, I was trading on the Kuala Lumpur Stock Exchange. And I there were forums, trading forums as well, you know, for investors. And I went there and I started asking questions. And all I get was <laughs> just people who made fun of me and like, like tell stupid stuff and, and trying to like pump something, like, oh, buy gloves, you know sell airlines, this and that. And, and I was not getting anything helpful or useful out of it. But when I was in crypto, or like at least in those communities that I was in, I started to realize that a lot of people are here to hang out. And they're here to be a part of something. And so in a sense, like having this coin or whatever for people to kind of put their money into and then all join this group to say like, oh, hey, we're all buyers of this coin. Identity. Suddenly... You have that identity exactly. That belonging. And, and one of, yeah, I think one of the NFT projects that has gotten a lot of traction this year and last year is called Bot Apes, B-A-Y-C. Yeah. A lot of famous people have started buying it. But I remember that project back when it was only one of the 10 projects on Ethereum that was like NFTs. And I had a friend who had a Bot Apes and he sold it later on and he regrets selling it every day. Of course. Every of day course. he regrets. But when he was in that community, he, he would tell me about how they did things. They put money together to, to, to send to like uh, ape shelters around the world and to save orangutans because that was what they're passionate about. And then they even had someone who was a flight instructor in Hawaii. And he said, for anyone who has this NFT, I will take you on my plane and give you an, an aerial tour of the island for free. And that was just like how they started this community. They, someone made t-shirts. They designed it, they sent it to all the members and things like that. Yes. So I have a question. Now that yes. you mentioned Discord, 
like for yes. anyone who has heard or have not heard of Discord, Discord is uh, an app, let's say, that let's say you think of Facebook or Telegram or, you know, like any of the social media apps. Discord is like a social media app, let's say, that it's mainly used for, I find like tech geeky uh, projects or so. But it's very, in my opinion, it's very complex to use. I'm part of two groups and I don't follow much. <laughs> so, but what you're saying is that Discord is the go-to platform to find these communities. We, we like to say that it's Slack for friends. Okay. Yeah. So Discord is like a, a platform for friends. Huh? It, it was it was for friends. I think I still have some servers where it's just me and a few friends who know each other in real life. But crypto has really turned it, accelerated it into something that is what it is today. And Discord is very aware of that. I think that like probably a large a large chunk of their customers are just like these crypto communities, and okay. you know they work very well within that framework. Awesome. Okay, I'm conscious that we've covered a lot and we've gone back to so many different topics. Yes, I know our scope is so wide, but I'm yes. happy to understand it. Um, these episodes, I want to keep them short because exactly that, it is a lot of content to think about. So let's keep this as the last question. Um, what would be your final remarks for someone let's say my age or someone my father's age, you know, like we are not 25 years old. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. Like we're not 25, we're not 26. Like what piece of advice could you tell the older millennials <laughs> or the older generation when it comes to getting started in understanding blockchain and the implications of blockchain? Okay. So I, I feel that, uh, that for the people, even not just of that age, but for anyone who doesn't have a technical background or like economics interest to like really dig into light papers and things like that, that are very heavy and very academic. I was just say one thing, read the people, the people who are leading the projects, the people who work in the projects, read the way they interact with you and the way they speak, you know, are they full of ego? Are they thinking about really serving the community and the cause that they say they're serving. So I think it's a huge indicator in the, in the blockchain space, uh, especially since like many, many people here choose to be pseudonymous. So they, they use like a pseudonym instead of actually like their real world identities. So it's no longer about who you are, where you come from, what company you worked at. It's about what you do. And so like, I think that's very important in web three or even web two. Uh, it's just that, you know, people are starting to notice it a lot more when you can't put your face or you can't put your name or people can't tell that you're white, black, Chinese, or like, you know, anything at all. They can't tell except your profile picture and your name and what you say and do. So I think that becomes a lot more important. And that should be what you watch out for if you ever try to get into any of these communities. And if you're even thinking about investing, uh, trust your gut. If someone gives you a bad feeling, yeah. No, just like in real life. Exactly. Yes. Well, exactly. these, thank you so much, Victor. This has been an amazing conversation. 
I personally have to go and listen to it and be like, okay, cool. I need to get clear what is the definition of Web3 and basically get to understand how to use Discord properly, you know, like and absorb all this knowledge. I don't have any pressure to get like, to be a master in all these, but I think it is important for me and for for people in my communities, whether I'm more of an offline community type of person, like friends community and slowly growing the podcast community, but it's more of a, I think it's important for us to understand whether we decide to then get into or not, that's a different story, but I think it's super important to understand. So thank you very much for your insights because this is not something that we can just Google and find this type of information so easily. Thank you so much for sharing your story. The loss, you know, like the stories of loss of money because those are important too. And thanks so much for your time, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate your money. No, thank you. And everyone, please do listen and um, send us your questions. If I don't know how to answer them, I'll ensure that either we find someone else or just send them directly to Victor. Victor, where can we find you? Uh, I don't know. I'm not very active on Web2 anymore. <laughs> You're not uh, active in Web2 anymore. So where no. can we find you in Web3? Uh, I don't know how to answer that either. I guess I'll, if I'm on Monica's show again, I'll come out with an answer for that. <laughs> Amazing. So if you have questions for Victor, pass them my way. <laughs> yes, yes, and, then, and then I'll do the interchange. I love that, Victor. <laughs> it's like you're the first person that it's like, where can you find me? And you're like, no, <laughs> I don't have a public <laughs> profile. I'm just Monica's friend. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Yes. Okie dokie. Awesome. Everyone have an amazing rest of your day and see you next week. Ciao, ciao.